Have you heard? Amazon is now hiring for their new site opening soon in New Albany. Be one of the first to take advantage of launching a new career at one of the best workplaces in the world. Being a part of Amazon includes great benefits and competitive pay, plus many opportunities for advancement. So get a new job today and kickstart a new career tomorrow. Learn more about the perks of working at a new Amazon site. Go to amazon.com slash start now. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send us an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV, and our radio website, along with our TV show website, www.exxonradiotv.com. And for all the programming that we have available for you, 724-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Exonation, my guest this hour is Todd Robbins. He is an award-winning performer and creative artist that has worked in many areas of popular entertainment and performing arts during a 30-year career. Todd is currently seen hosting a new TV series for Investigation Discovery Channel. This documentary series is called True Nightmares and features Todd telling the stories of some very twisted people and the dark wrongdoings they have perpetrated. Other recent appearances include the Discovery Channel's oddities and Lost Magic for the History Channel. In addition to being a featured performer, Todd has also been called upon to speak as an authority on all things unusual. Todd can be seen talking about sword swallowing and swallowing disorders on Spike TV's 1,000 Ways to Die. And he, has, uh, he was a recurring expert on the History Channel's Wild West Tech, where he expounded upon dime museums, traveling sideshows, spiritualism, narcotics, and prostitution in the Old West. He also provided commentary and insight on the DVD of the classic slideshow horror sideshow horror movie Freaks. Todd has also been a consultant on numerous TV shows and movies, including several episodes of Law and Order, Criminal Intent, Chris Angel's Mind Freak, and A&E and Road Trick on the Travel Channel. Joining us now from the Big Apple is Todd Robbins. And Todd, welcome to the Exxon, and congratulations on all of your great work. Oh, well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Todd, uh, where did the interest in the weird, the bizarre, and the wackiness of the world start with you? 
Well, I grew up in Southern California, which is enough of an explanation <laughs> for many people of why I do all the twisted things I do. But it goes a little further than that. I, I grew up in a suburban area uh, just south of of Los Angeles on the Orange County border. And it was a place that was clean and it was safe. It was quiet. It was pleasant. And it lacked character. And I, as a kid, I wanted something more exciting. And I found it uh, in a couple of places. One was downtown Long Beach where all the cool old buildings were and all the cool older people that had stories and had lived life. Uh, and I used to love to go down there and kind of rub shoulders with them and and uh, find out all about things that had, interesting things that had happened in the past. And then uh, a magic shop opened in our, in our neighborhood when I was about 10 years old. And I went in there and it was great. It was just filled with strange, unusual props designed to uh, deceive the senses and there were guys that would hang around there on Saturday afternoons, chain smoking unfiltered camel cigarettes and doing <laughs> car tricks and swapping lies. And that that's where it, it kind of uh, all started, because I heard these stories of the strange and the unusual and some things that even as magicians, they couldn't quite explain. And I just it just instilled in me a love of, of the strange, the unusual, the bizarre and the unconventionally beautiful. And I've spent a lifetime kind of pursuing all these things. I understand that you've also done work with Penn and Teller. Yes. Yeah, I've designed some uh, and consulted on some magic, and Teller and I uh, have a love of the old spiritualists, uh, the, the, everything about the, the whole world, from uh, the out-and-out frauds and criminals to the people who were doing things that are were kind of hard to dismiss and... and uh, and put your finger on exactly what they were doing. And so we created a show called Play Dead, uh, which is an evening of ghost stories that I do. Uh, and it seems all very simple, but it all takes a very twisted turn. Yeah. And it was designed to sort of scare the shellac out of people. You know, I'm listening to you talk, and, you, and listening to you, you mm -hmm. sound a lot like Vincent Price. I've gotten that before, uh, and that's about as high a, a compliment as possible, because Vincent was the Lord High Minister of Everything that's Sinister. Right. That was meant as a great compliment to you, my friend. Well, thank you. Todd, thank please you. stand by. You and I have to take a break. Exonation Todd Robbins is our special guest, www.toddrobbins.com, and we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Founder, President of a New Cancer Foundation 
focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? Why are crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Exonation Todd Robbins is our special guest this hour. Todd has been classically trained as an actor at the American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco. He has put his uh, performing abilities to good use in two drama desk nomination theater pieces that he created for Off-Broadway. The first one, Carnival Knowledge, was a behind-the-scenes look at the world of the American sideshow and chronicles his experiences working in places like Coney Island. The second show, Play Dead, was co-created by a teller, a pen and teller, and was a spooky evening of ghost stories and startling phenomena. Teller also directed this acclaimed production. A film of this stage show is now playing the film festival circuit around the country. Plans are being made to open a permanent production of Play Dead in Las Vegas in the fall of 2017. It is very likely that Todd will reprise his role in the show for this production. His website, www.toddrobbins.com. Dot com. Uh, Todd, how did you become the host of Investigation Discovery's uh, True Nightmares TV show? Well, it, it came about, I, I was contacted by uh, Discovery Studios, the production arm of Discovery Communication, and they wanted to do some sort of a sideshow series. And my name kept coming up as they were doing research, so they contacted me and they said, you know, we looked at video of you and think you might be a, a perfect host for what we want to do. Mm-hmm. But the problem was it, that that whole project got axed. Uh, they had trouble selling it uh, because people said, oh, Sideshow is too dark. And they were talking to people that, you know, produced the Ice Road Truckers and Deadliest Catch and all, all these shows about people working and dying, but the Sword Swallower and the, and the Bearded Lady was too dark a topic huh. to deal with. So they came to me and they said, you know, we like you. Is there anything else we can do? And I showed them the footage of Play Dead. And they went, oh, you're telling real stories about dark people, which is exactly what we do over at Investigation Discovery. And you're doing it in a way that is a little bit different than what we do. And so maybe there's a show here. So we started playing around with some ideas and concepts. Mm-hmm. And from that, uh, we jumped in and did the series. And 
It's been very well received. We've done two seasons. We're waiting to hear about season three. Uh, we might take a little bit of a hiatus because there's a couple other projects that I'm working on right now, including uh, the possibility of doing a ghost hunting show. Uh, that, Except that when I go ghost hunting, walls will bleed. We will find ghosts. There won't just be little, little beeps on a meter or recordings that you have to play back and massage to hear a spooky voice. No, we're going to meet ghosts dead on, eye to eye, or orb to orb, as it were. So uh, we could have some fun with this. Let me ask you, why do you think so many people are into the ghost hunting genre these days? Everybody wants to be a ghost hunter. It seems that, you know, a couple of years ago, everybody wanted to be a UFO hunter. But the UFO hunters have kind of fallen to the side of the road, and now everyone wants to become a ghost hunter. Why? Yeah. Well, you know, it, it ties into the mystery of all mysteries, is which is what happens when we die. Mm -hmm. It's a question that... You know, people have been pondering, pondering, and my dogs are pondering right now. As you I can hear that, yes. And, the and, they, and they're bringing up some very good points, I might add. Yes. Uh, I have uh, two uh, miniature chupacabras here. So, um, <laughs> And uh, you'll occasionally hear them when someone buzzes the, uh, the, the apartment next door or something like that. Uh, we're here in the middle of Hell's Kitchen, you know, mm -hmm. cheek by jowl with the rest of humanity. And who knows what's going on behind their doors. But um, I, I think it really ties into people want to know if there's anything to look forward to, because especially these days, you look around at what we have in life and you better. You're, a lot of people are hoping something is better yeah. uh, in hereafter. So I think that's the, the reason is just trying to figure out what that's all about. And if there's a way of making contact uh, with the other side. Is it true that you actually threw late night parties in a cemetery when you were in college? Yeah, that that was a. Uh, I discovered that the Long Beach Municipal Cemetery's <laughs> front gate was not locked, and on nights when the moon was full, yeah, uh, Friday nights when the moon was full, I would invite friends and friends of friends, and we would kind of park off in the distance so if anyone drove by they wouldn't see the cars all uh, gathered around there and i would lead them in and we would uh kind of huddle in a circle in front of one of the mausoleums there and i would tell them stories about the people that were buried there um for the most part true but occasionally i would round off some corners to make a good story yeah. and there was one fun thing in that the mausoleum was kind of built in the hillside so a friend of mine used to climb up while I was telling the story about one of the members of the family that's interred, <laughs> interned there. But if you notice, there's no sign on his his little uh, uh, grave uh, when you look through the gates there. There's one that's unmarked, and it's because it was a son that they didn't want to talk about because he had problems. No. And they tried institutionalizing him. I mean, he didn't have the capacity to quite understand exactly what... Uh, why he was being uh, uh, confined there, uh, because he had trouble with humanity. And even now, years after his death, on nights like this, if you're very quiet, you can sometimes hear him scratching from inside, wanting to get out once again. And just then my friend would jump <laughs> down off the roof and land in the middle of the circle and scream. And... Um, it was very effective, and there, we're never so alive as when we're scared to death. Isn't that the truth? Yes, yes, yes. And so it was, a, it was a lot of fun that it's kind of scaring the daylights out of my friends, and then they would kind of, and it was, you know, I, I had so many uh, guys who were, who would thank me because they, they'd be there with their girlfriends, and the girlfriends would then hang on to them for the rest <laughs> of the evening and wouldn't let go. So the, there, was, uh, there was a lot of fun to be found among the dead. Do you think that uh, graveyards or cemeteries are really haunted? I wonder about that. You know, there there's so many things we just don't have the yeah. capacity to know the answers to. And I think that's that's one of them. And you just wonder. I mean, there's there's so many explanations you can come up on both sides as to what exactly that phenomenon is. And I think that's you know, part of the problem is that I love mystery, and I love the idea that we just really don't know, because when we run into trouble, and is when we come up with easy answers that feel good, but aren't necessarily rooted in any kind of uh, reality. It's just things we're hoping to be true. You've been called the postmodern master of the sideshow. How yes. did you get that title? 
Well, I was fortunate in the, the, the timing. When I was growing up, when I was a teenager back in Long Beach, mm-hmm. I met some wonderful old sideshow performers. And a number of these guys, well, they were a member of, of a generation that was the last of the true sideshow professionals, people who made their living year in and year out, working in carnivals and circuses uh, and occasionally in the old days uh, amusement parks, some of the older amusement yeah. parks like the Pike in Long Beach, uh, doing sideshow. And, uh, you know, they taught they taught me I showed such respect to them and such appreciation of what they were doing that it gained access uh, to their world. And they taught me a number of the secrets that they had learned. And it had all been passed down from generation to generation in a, uh, a apprentice mentor um, kind of re- uh, dynamic. And so. They showed me all the things that I needed to know to do all these wonderful stunts of what's known as the working acts. Uh, the people that swallowed swords and ate mm-hmm. fire and hammered nails into their nose and other things like that for fun and profit. And, you know, told me about working with the, 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 the great freaks who were the royalty of the sideshow. People think, have this image that, you know, all the freaks were being abused and beaten by the show owners. But the fact is, they often made so much money during their careers, they ended up owning the shows and working for themselves. So uh, who's doing the exploitation there? But that's, a, that's another topic. Uh, but it was just this really rich, wonderful, rich subculture. Uh, that people just didn't get entree to, and I was very fortunate. And now I'm of an age that uh, they were so generous to me, I've passed along a lot of what I've learned to uh, a generation. And there are now probably more sideshow performers than ever before, but the the sideshows are all gone, except for Coney Island and uh, one on the carnival. Well, how Um, how would you describe a sideshow to a person listening tonight who has never seen one? Uh, it was wonderful. In the old days on the carnival, there were shows more than rides. I mean, now we have all the spectaculars that throw you upside down and twirl you around and whatever. But the old days, a, a carnival midway had maybe three or four rides, like a merry-go-round and, and a few others. And the rest were shows. There were burlesque shows. Uh, there were uh, motor drums, which you still see around at some uh, motorcycle rallies, which were these like giant uh, look like a big wine vat that someone on a uh, motorcycle would ride around perpendicular to the sides. It's an amazing phenomenon, uh, an amazing show to see. It's a really death-defying. And then there was also the sideshow with these big white tents, long tents with colorful banners out front that depicted the strange and unusual sights you would see at the 10 and one so-called because there were 10 acts in every show. And you buy your ticket, there'd be an outside talker. People refer to him as a barker, but the correct term would be outside talker who would be standing out front with maybe some of the performers from the inside and would extol the virtues of what you were going to see and literally talk you into buying a ticket and coming in and seeing this wonder show. And you would go in and there'd be a master of magic doing uh, magic tricks and there'd be the sword swallower and the fire eater and there'd be the fat lady and the world's tallest man, the world's shortest woman, contortionist. And it was all designed to kind of show you uh, how extraordinary humanity can be. And though it was kind of dark and mysterious and, and kind of shadowy, there was really something kind of uplifting about seeing a good sideshow because it really did show you that anything was possible. And that's a very powerful message. And I saw one when I was about 12 years old and I was hooked. I wanted to be part of this world. And it's been it's been a lot of fun through the years. At what age did you start performing magic professionally? Well, I was very fortunate. There was a, a group of young magicians in my uh, neighborhood. They were lo- known as the Long Beach Mystics. And out of this group, many of us became professional performers. Uh, and so we, at a very early age, because I had a very good reputation, were doing shows for charities. And I was started performing uh, and accepting money for doing birthday parties and charity events and things like that when I was about 12 years old, 11, 12 years old, doing my magic act at blue and gold dinners for the Cub Scouts and things like that. And uh, I've really never looked back, and it's been just a really fun ride. I never know when the phone rings who it's going to be and what uh, what's going to be offered. What was your first TV gig? Um, the, well, let's see, the first... I did, you know, some news shows promoting things, but one of the one of the most significant one was mm-hmm. in, on the early days of MTV. There was a variety show. I don't even remember the name of the show. I've got to look this up. 
and they wanted something unusual. And they didn't want just magic tricks, but they wanted, this was the early 80s, and they wanted something strange. So I worked up sticking my hand into an animal trap, a regular animal trap. It's like a, a small a raccoon or a beaver trap, and I'd set it up and then stick my hand in the thing, which snap shut on my hand and do no harm. And I worked it up for the show and then put that in my magic act. And people talked about that. They didn't care about the card tricks. They came up and said, no, that can't be real. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and I would say, yes, it is. And, I would, and they'd say, well, how is it possible? And instill this whole wonderful, profound sense of amazement that I just found really intriguing. And so I started working and resurrecting all the old sideshow stunts. So it was that one TV appearance on MTV that really started the whole thing. Todd, stand by. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. ExoNation, Todd Robbins is our special guest, www.toddrobbins.com. And Todd is an award-winning performer and creative artist. And he's also going to, um, you can see him as the host of the new TV series for the Investigation Discovery Channel called, are you ready for this? True Nightmare TV Series. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss Shamanic Counselor and Indigenously Trained Dream Decoder, Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influenced her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, StarwalkerVisions.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Mnemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Mnemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today, Know the Name, Know the Person, or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com.
Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen. Explanation Todd Robbins is our very special guest this hour. And Todd is currently seen hosting a new TV series for Investigation Discovery Channel entitled True Nightmare TV. And his website is www.toddrobbins.com. Um, is it true that the founder of the Church of Satan, <laughs> Anton LaVey, sent you a fan letter? Yes. Uh, <laughs> it, it turned out I, I met uh, a fellow who uh, wanted to learn a little bit of sideshow mm-hmm. stuff many, many years ago. And he was uh, an associate of uh, Dr. LeVay. And he, uh, I, I didn't really know this at the time. I was just showing him uh, a few things. And he said, can I repay you in any way? And I go, no, no, no. I learned this from wonderful people and I'm just passing it on. And he said, well, let me, he said, you know, I, if there's anything I can do, I, you know, I do this, 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 and I'm a regional director of the Church of Satan. I said, what was that? He said, oh, yeah, I'm a regional director of the Church of Satan, one of the, the pastors or whatever the, the distinction was. And he said, oh, by the way, uh, Anton LaVey is very fond of you. I'm like, uh, what? He said, yes, <laughs> I actually have a fan letter. I had done a video called The Magic of the Sideshow. Uh, it was for the magic community. And it was instructing them how to do some of the old mm-hmm. sideshow stunts. And he t- went out to San Francisco, and he always liked to bring a gift for uh, Dr. LeVay. And Dr. LeVay had played uh, organ in circuses and learned uh, lion taming and also played uh, organ uh, in burlesque shows wow. on the carnival. And when he saw me performing, he said, this brings back memories of all the old sideshow performers that I knew. This guy's great. He's wonderful. And he wrote a nice little thank you note to uh, this this fellow, George, and said, and by all means, tell Mr. Mr. Robbins, I'm very fond of him, and I think he's a wonderful performer. And I have that letter. It's like, this is, this is wild. He, he I, unfortunately, the, the downside is uh, he was going to set up, uh, this guy was going to set up a meeting uh, if I was going out, back out to San Francisco mm-hmm. at any time. And uh, Anton LaVey passed away before we could have a face-to-face. I would oh, have no. loved to have sat down with that man because I'm sure he had a few stories to tell. I would imagine so. Yes. Um, apparently, you have a very strange appetite. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is it true that you've eaten more than 5,000 light bulbs? Yes, it's a pathetic plea for attention, but it gets it. It's it's an old sideshow act. And and as a matter of fact, I learned from a guy who um, did this act, and he was known as the human ostrich. And uh, he also, or the human garbage disposal, depending upon the show. That That's what my playing. mother called me. Uh, there you go. And he did an act in which he would uh, light a cigarette and talk, and then he'd eat, he would throw the lit match into his mouth and then eat the lit cigarette. And <laughs> uh, he would take razor blades, the old kind of steel oh, yeah, yeah. razor blades, and chew them up, and he'd break a light bulb and eat it. And he taught me how to do this many, many, many years ago. And I've been doing it ever since, and I was doing the colleges and universities, and then I started working up in, in Coney Island right, at the sideshow there. And we were doing... 10 to 12 shows a day, seven days a week. No, well, actually, five to six days a week. Uh, and I started that in 1992. So you do the math, mm-hmm. and it adds up very quickly uh, the number of light bulbs that I've done. And I've been chronicled in Ripley's, believe it or not, for having eaten more light bulbs than anyone else in the world. I hazard to ask you this question, but mm-hmm. what the heck? Uh, what is your favorite dish for... For eating, you know. 
Well, I just, you know, I, it's finger food. Uh, so I just bite into it and chow down, spit out the metal part and chow down the glass. And I, um, I usually eat, you know, 60-watt um, bulbs. I used to eat 100-watt bulbs, but I'm on a diet. Uh, well, the L, will the LED lights have any effect on your diet? Yes, yes. Uh, you can't do those because there's a, a uh, trace of mercury, mercury yeah. in them, and, and they're very toxic. Uh, the, fortunately, though they're no longer produced in the United States by the major bulb manufacturers, we still get um, – they haven't been banned completely, and they uh, until they build a wall between us and Mexico, we can still get the, the GE bulbs from uh, Mexico. And you know what GE stands for? Good eating. So uh, – <laughs> So they do. Uh, so I can still get a, a, a nice little nice supply uh, for when I'm uh, doing the stunt. I, I would imagine, as a young child, your mother called you very bright. Yes, yes. You can say, well, yeah. As a matter of fact, I, I was so bright, my <laughs> papa called me Sunny. Yeah, when I, I was born, the doctor slapped my mother. There you go. go. <laughs> um, you've got an upcoming podcast called Abnormalcy. What's it all about? Yeah. I have collected through the years just stories and information, and it was interesting because, you know, before the days of, of the uh, Internet, uh, I would find old books and newspaper articles on strange, unusual people and things that happen all around the world. And, uh, and you know, everyone's doing a podcast these days, and I will, would go out uh, with producers and of the TV shows and directors and things like that and other people in the industry and we'd have have dinner and be sitting around and I'd start telling stories and they went you've got to you've got to do a, a podcast of these sure. stories because no really doing that there's a wonderful podcast called Lore uh, which kind of covers similar uh, ground but I, I have a little different take on telling these stories of these strange unusual people that uh, some good and some not so good uh, and no there are no happy endings to any of the stories that I tell so it's uh, yeah that's that's coming up we're, we're gonna probably have it up and running sometime this summer so let me see not only do you sound like Vincent Price but you're going mm -hmm. to be the mr. Ripley of yes. the podcast scene scene that, yeah wow. a little bit of everything and you know i i understand that some of the stories that we do uh, on true nightmares mm -hmm. and what i'll be telling in uh, the podcast abnormalcy might be disturbing some people and they might find it a little difficult to to sleep at night and if that's the case they just let me know and i'll be more than happy to come over tuck them in and then stand there and watch them sleep <laughs> oh god well or else you can take up to texting like the president does and twitter this yourself is true. Right? Yeah. yes he needs he needs his beauty sleep i, I wish he would just put the put the phone down and, <laughs> and get some beauty sleep please here's a question for you if you could have yeah. dinner with three people from the past who would they be well one of them would be pt barnum no oh, yes. about it. he was so so misunderstood i mean we know him because of the circus and for that wonderful phrase he said which was a sucker born every minute yep. And he never said that. It was actually said about him. Someone said, if if people are, you know, if, if Barnum thinks the public is so gullible uh, that they're going to believe the the, uh, the the humbug that he's putting forth, uh, it, then he must think there's a sucker born every minute. But he was an amazing man and created modern marketing as we know it because he, he just had his finger on the pulse of the public and, you know, changed the language. When he brought over a large elephant, uh, to be part of the circus, he made sure that the name of that elephant, Jumbo, became part of our uh, world so that when you think something large, you think the word Jumbo, Jumbo which was not part of the, our vocabulary until Barnum came along. And that was just one of many things. So he would be one. Okay. Uh, I think Harry Houdini would be another one uh, because yes. he was such a fascinating character on many, many levels. And then probably the third, even though it's it's two, would be the Fox sisters, the the young girls who started the whole spiritualist movement back in 1848 and for 40 years did seances and started this, this whole amazing trend that goes on to this day with people talking to the dead on TV. What is your opinion of people who can talk to the dead? Fact or fiction? Well, I think, you know, from the ones I've encountered... Mm -hmm. People can talk to the dead. It's just that the, the dead aren't talking back to them. Yeah. 
yeah. Um, it's, it's a very touchy subject because it's not really entertainment when you start to deal with the loss of others. Exactly. Uh, it, it's a wound that never heals when you lose yeah. someone. And we think we have closure, but all we really do is become functional. And there have been a lot of people through the years who have discovered that if they just touch upon our loss, they can rip open that wound and make it fresh again and make profit from it. So it's a very, it's a very chancy thing. I have a little thing I call the, the darkness project in which I've been playing around with uh, in a small venue in Brooklyn, the middle of nowhere, once a month. And I've been working with a, a couple of, of interesting uh, old techniques for mesmerism and hypnotism. And I can actually reunite you with your departed loved ones, but it's a very intimate experience and it has nothing to do with me, but the memories start to come back yeah. and there is more of a sense of closure by doing that than if I were to stand there and say, your great aunt Millie is standing next to me mm -hmm. and she says she loves you. That, that I have no real use for that. I perhaps I will say this. I will say this. They're all fakes except two of them, but I'm not going to tell you who the two are. That, I just want to cover myself. It's fair enough. By saying that. That is fair enough. Um, your son, Finn. Yes. Uh, is he going to be following in your footsteps? Well, you know, I think so. I think so. Uh, first off, Finn is short for Phineas Taylor Robbins, named after Barnum himself. So wow. there you go. He is, he is our little PT. Uh, he's already an actor and has a role in an upcoming HBO series called uh, The Deuce, which is about... The 42nd Street in, in Manhattan during the 1970s. He's playing the, the son of Maggie Gyllenhaal. And uh, she's a call girl who drops her eight-year-old son off at her mother's whenever she has to go and service a, a client. And that's my son. Uh, he also, it's kind of appropriate, he uh, was in a, uh, a TV uh, um, commercial that was well-received uh, for AT&T. And it was an anti-texting spot in which uh, a guy is driving and there's, he gets a text on his phone and he kind of looks at it and you hear a voice from the back uh, seat saying, you're going to look at that? And he turns around and goes, oh, uh, I didn't know there was a kid in the car. Uh, no, I never, I never check my texts when I have a child in the car. And it, it wow. buzzes again and he looks down and he said, and my son, the child says, don't worry, I'm not there, I'm there. And the guy looks up and he, there's my son running out into the street after a ball. And the point was, it was called the unseen. And it's a point is there's always children presence. So it's a very like, very much like an M, M night, uh, kind of movie in that the, my son was playing a ghost. Uh, how appropriate. Well, the apple doesn't fall very far from the tree, does it, Todd? No, not at all. Not at all. You know, we've got about a minute before I have to go for my final break in this segment, Todd. Mm -hmm. Um, when we come back, I'd like to ask you some questions about your take on certain topics that we cover here in the X-Zone. Uh, UFOs, certain. psychic phenomenon, ESP, and other topics like that to get your take based on your expertise in dealing with many of these topics. And uh, Sure. Okay, sounds great. Once again, uh, Todd Robbins is our very special guest this hour, X-Zone Nation. And he is currently seen hosting a new TV series for the Investigation Discovery Channel. This documentary is called True Nightmares and features Todd telling stories. Uh, the stories of some very twisted people and the dark wrongdoings they have perpetrated. Hmm, I wonder if anybody from my radio past is in there. Many of them were strange and twisted. And Todd and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, Exxon Nation, you can listen to the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net, 724-365, where we have such hosts as Sharon Lynn Wyeth, who does know the name. We have Kevin Randall and his show, A Different Perspective. Larry Lawson, who does... Paranormal Stakeout, Joe Wegent, who does The World Beyond, and that's just a taste. All this programming for you, 724-365, with our compliments at www.xzbn.net. I'm Rob McConnell. Todd Robbins and I return on the other side of this break. Don't go away. 
Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network. Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Explanation Todd Robbins is our special guest, www.toddrobbins.com. A number of the people that I've talked to over the years, Todd, doing this show, as well as those people I've met on the road, um, often ask if 
ghost hunters or paranormal researchers at times are disrespectful to the dead by taunting them, by provoking them. What is your take on this? Well, you know, it's an important topic uh, in regard to is there a life after death? Is this all there is, life, or is there more? And, you know, in order to find out things, we often have to be a little disrespectful uh, and probe and figure out what it is because there's so much that is unexplained in our world. And the problem is when you come up with, as I mentioned earlier, easy answers that feel good Mm -hmm. on both sides of it, whether they are the true believers or the hardened skeptics that go, well, it must be this. Well, and you know, that there's foolishness in that kind of flat-footed stance. I think we need to, if you look back through history of all the, the major developments and innovations that have happened, at one point, people just scoffed at the idea. And it's important to kind of keep an open mind. And I don't think it's disrespectful for the dead, for the people that are going the ghost hunting, because we're just trying to find out what there is and if there is an entity that is there mm-hmm. uh embedded in uh, in a location why and is it possible that they are uh you know looking for peace uh in what they um uh in what they what they do um so the the end result is i don't think it's disrespectful whatsoever because this is the only way that we are um going to make any kind of progress in knowledge and learn uh, by doing paranormal research and and trying to figure things out. Psychics, real, legitimate, fact or fiction? We've all had a psychic experience. We've all had an experience we can't explain. And again, this this ties into the same kind of thing in that we just don't know. And those that will tell you they do know um, I, I think they're either guessing or there's a profit to be made by giving the illusion of psychic ability. And that's where you, you get into, uh, a lot of trouble because people want to believe people are looking for answers and there are people out there that will be more than willing to look at you straight in the eye mm-hmm. and lie to you. I've met a, a lot of people through the years, uh, and I really haven't met anyone who could on a regular uh, basis do anything that was, you, you could really put your finger on and say, this is psychic ability that can be called forth at any given time. Uh, I, there was one old, old medium that I knew years and years ago. I won't, don't, won't mention the name because his um, family is still in the business. And he was just the most charming con artist you'd ever want to meet. <laughs> he had this great smile and this charming demeanor. And we got talking about him being an open medium as opposed to a shut-eye. And, and that often is just the, the phrase that when one medium meets another or psychic meets another, they say, are you open? And it's a little code that says asking if they're real or not. If they know what, it's all, they know what that means, and chances are they're a fraud. But anyway... He said, I give people hope. It's false hope, but it's hope nevertheless. And he said in such a charming way, I found myself nodding. And they were like, wait, what, what, what? So there's, there's the, the problem is that there's just so much. It, the, the whole field has been so tainted by those people that are trying to pass off sleight of hand and other manipulation of reality. Uh, as a genuine phenomenon. How about UFOs? Is it possible that the governments of the world are suppressing information pertaining to the existence of UFOs and extraterrestrials? That's another topic that, it, it, you know, my my impulse, and it's not based on anything except mm-hmm. opinion, is to say no, because the governments can't seem to do anything right. So how <laughs> is it that they could maintain a conspiracy for, for 60 years, you know? Uh, all these these things they're just not that good uh, yeah. so they and if they've got people that are that good why aren't they working on some of the big problems uh, exactly just concealing the, the truth so you know 
people have seen things. There's no doubt about yep. that. They've had experiences, but they're so fleeting. They're so ephemeral that we, we can't really do anything except guess what possibly that was as opposed to seeing it over and over again and really being able to test it and then come to the, the, the truth, the reality of what, what yeah. that experience is. You know, in my experience doing this show for the number of years I've been doing it, mm-hmm. I've, I've, I have found the UFO community to be very forgiving when it comes to uh, an irregularity or a fallacy that is discovered later on during the events of a UFO sighting, landing, or crash. For example... The crash at Roswell, New Mexico, when you had Jesse Marcel, the base intelligence officer, goes out to Mark Brazil's farm, finds out some of this, some of this uh, debris. He takes it into his custody now, as a ba- as a member of the military intelligence, whatever. You never give up the chain of custody with evidence. Yeah. But what does this guy do? Well, he decides that he's going to bring this debris home and let his he wakes up his wife and his child and lets them play with this this debris and in my opinion as as an ex-cop as soon as he did this yeah the case is over it's tainted yeah there's not a a court in the world that would find that uh, legitimate yeah except the ufo community well you know, the great Joseph Dunninger, the wonderful uh, mind reader, theatrical mm-hmm. mind reader, uh, when asked if he was real or not, he said, "Those who believe, uh, the, the, to those who believe, uh, no answer is necessary, and to those who don't know, answer will suffice." <laughs> so, kind of walks on both sides of the street there. Yeah, I'd just like to to ask you a question about uh, true nightmares. Um, sure. Could you share with us? One or two of stories of the twisted people and wrongdoings that, that you've talked about on your show? Sure. Just very briefly. One of the things that set apart True Nightmares from uh, other uh, true crime shows is that we, um, uh, I was ghosted in the reenactments. This is something I brought and I wanted to do. It was basically a, kind of an homage to uh, the, you know, Twilight Zone and mm-hmm. the other hosted shows that I grew up with. And so I not only do the introductions that kind of set the tone and get us into the stories and also the outros at the end, but I also, uh, every once in a while you'd see a, a scene, for instance, that a husband and wife are at a table and they're getting into an argument, they're having dinner, they're getting an argument, and she picks up a knife and she raises the knife and the camera pulls back and I'm sitting on the other side of the table carving up a steak and I look to the camera and go, this is where things took an ugly turn. <laughs> And so it has that wonderful Hitchcockian kind of yeah. dry humor that we, we put through. But there were some just amazing stories. One of my favorite uh, was a woman named Belle Gunness. Gunness or, or Gunness. Uh, pronunciations vary on this. And she was a woman that came from Norway. She um, uh, went to Chicago. Uh, a string of unfortunate events. Husbands dying. She uh, inherited some money from life insurance policies. She bought a, 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 a pig farm in Indiana and was living there, and she took out Lonely Heart ads in the back of uh, magazines and newspapers back at the turn of the century, inviting um, men of means, uh, lonely men, to come and visit her for the possible idea of, you know, romance and and companionship, and combining their fortunes and, and, uh, uh, you know, living happily ever after. And guys would come, but there was never seemed to be any uh, real connection there. Uh, and they were gone in a day or two, and and they would come and go and come and go and come and go, and uh, and there was a farmhand that seemed to have uh, a fascination with her, uh, a really almost a stalker, who was in love with her, and she um, told the uh, authorities that she was scared that he was going to do something because she wasn't interested in him, and they kept an eye on him, and sure enough, her farmhouse burned down and killed her and her two children that were in the the, uh, the farmhouse. And they arrested the guy. Uh-huh. Uh, they could prove arson, but that was about it. Uh, and put him away. And a year later, in jail, uh, he developed tuberculosis. And as he was dying, he called the sheriff and said, I'd like to give you a confession. He said, well, we already know. He said, yeah, I've got to tell you something. Which is, he was in collusion with Belle, that she was actually a murderess. And all those guys who came to visit, none of them left. She may have murdered as many as 40 or 50 men, lonely, single men who had money. 
and they brought the money with them, and she murdered them, often slitting their throats or poisoning them, and if, if she slit their throats, they would throw them to the hogs. Oh, my gosh. Uh, to devour. And then she set up uh, this guy, Ray, and she said, I'm gonna, we're going to run away together. We're going to set a fire uh, and burn the house down and uh, and kill my children. And we're going to run off and with all the money and live happily ever after. And he was so taken with her that he helped her out, not knowing that she had gone to the authorities and painted this picture that he was a madman and in love with her. So the house was burned down. There was a housekeeper that they had just hired that was about the same size, same shape uh, as as Bell. And they even found her dental work. They, she had pulled her own teeth oh out and left it God. there next to the body. Uh, and he so loved her, he didn't rat her out until he knew she, he was dying. By then, she was long gone. And she's one of the few serial killers that we know who she is, but we, she was never caught. Todd, I hate to do this, but we've got to say so long for now. Thank you so much for joining us, Todd. I appreciate it. And I hope that we have the pleasure of having you back on and uh, Exxon Nation True Nightmares on Investigation Discovery Channel. Todd Robbins has been our guest, www.toddrobbins.com. I'll be back on the other side of the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour. Don't go away. Don't go away.